When you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to five other things. So am I saying no to them? Is this worth the yes? Welcome to the Power Mom Minute. I'm your host, Stephanie Uchima-Carney, and I'm a modern-day business mama who believes you can have it all. This podcast is all about going behind the scenes of the lives and businesses of successful moms in business in order to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real-life tactics, and favorite tools that you, as a mom, can use to apply to your daily life and business. It is my mission to educate, empower, and inspire moms like yourself to build your dream business while having the freedom and flexibility to enjoy life to the fullest. Power Moms, it's time to rule the world. Now let's get started. Welcome to today's episode of the Power Mom Minute. I am super excited to introduce a powerhouse mama and a friend, Hani Wilchensky. Hani is a mom of four little kids and the founder and CEO of her company, School of Excellence. Her mission is to give school leaders and teachers the practical tools and strategies to create a transformation and a ripple effect in their lives and that of the children and families they serve. However, on the home front, she's an absolute inspiration to all moms and a perfect example of someone who has built an impactful and incredibly successful six-figure business all while raising four kids. And what she probably doesn't know is she's the reason and tipping point to why I'm part of Todd Herman's mastermind. Hani and I officially met about a year ago in the mastermind, but during that time I've known her, she has proven over and over and over again that seriously, you can make anything happen and there are absolutely no excuses to fulfilling your dreams. Without further ado, I welcome Hani. Hey, I'm so excited to be here, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. And I'm excited to get this conversation started. Yeah. I don't know if you know, but you actually are the reason I finally signed up. So (laughs) when I was at the 90 day year live, I was pregnant. I think I was almost like eight months or something like that. And I was on the fence and your name came up over and over and over again. Like every single person was like, oh, have you met Honey yet? You should talk to Honey. (laughs) Honey came and breastfed during it. (laughs) Honey has four kids. If Honey can do it, you can do it. Yeah. I I wasn't even there. (laughs) I mean, and it wasn't even just Todd. It was literally like every single human I talked to about it. Like I was on the fence and they're like, talk to Honey. Here's Honey's information. Why don't you text her? Call her. I'm like... Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) I guess I need to speak to this lady. (laughs) So thank you. Because if it wasn't for you as an inspiration, I probably wouldn't have hit go and I wouldn't have been where I am today. So thank you for being an inspiration to me. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. I just wanted to get started by, can you tell everyone just a little bit about your family structure? I know you have four kids, but just a little bit about how your family is and then also the company that you run. Yeah. So I have a little bit of an interesting backstory. I'm actually a first generation American. My dad is from Moscow. My mom is from Uzbekistan. So I actually also speak four languages four kids, four languages. We like the fours. Um, <laughs> so just a little bit our, of our family structure is my oldest is nine. I have a boy and I have a girl who's seven. And then I have a five-year-old little girl and I have a 20-month-old boy. So when I think about family structure, I mean, there's just, there's, there's so much that's going on. But I was a teacher for a decade in a classroom in New York City. And I was making... I, think when I really split up my salary and like divided like the taxes and the trains, I was making like maybe a dollar fifty an hour, maybe two bucks. Oh my really, like broke everything <laughs> down and like split everything apart of like what I came home with. 
I wasn't getting paid that, but what I actually took home was like two bucks. This was before I started a family. Uh, this was like the first year that I taught. But then even after, like, you know, my salary for the entire year was like 25K for the year. In New York. In New York, because oh I was goodness. a new teacher. <laughs> I was a new teacher, so I couldn't get paid that. And I didn't have a master's yet. So I was getting paid what, you know, that's what people were getting paid. You know, if you were new and young, I was 22. And so I, I love teaching. I love kids. And so as I was kind of working my way up the ranks, I guess if you would call it from assistant teacher to teacher, to lead teacher, to assistant director, director, and executive director, even through working through all of that, I knew that the income that I was building in wouldn't sustain the family life that I wanted. I wanted a big family. I wanted to be able to support my family. And I didn't want to have to strap for every single dollar and worry where the next paycheck was coming from and can we cover the rent today, which was a question that we had for many, many years. And I think one of the biggest catalysts was, you know, I used to give workshops, I would speak. I'm totally not answering your question anymore. I'm on a totally different journey. <laughs> no, it's fun. I, I want to know your it. story. Okay. And- yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just talking to you like a friend and I, I'm not going <laughs> to. Well, that's what we are. We are friends and everyone out there, we're all friends. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and this is good stuff. It's, it's, it's fun fun information. So anyways, I started giving workshops and teaching and I used to, I charged a whopping $250 for a workshop for a full day that included my travel time and preparation and materials. And I knew that that was a very expensive hobby. And if I really wanted to really get out of this, there needed to be a different way. And I, I want to share this story that was kind of that real tipping point, because I know that for the moms that are listening, these tipping points come at a lot of different moments. There isn't one tipping point. There's like all these different moments that kind of come to head. And then we only remember this one moment that really just felt like that was it. But there's so many moments that are going to make you realize I can do this and I'm really made for more and I'm not supposed to be settling. And so for me, that moment came when I was eight months pregnant or seven months pregnant. I can't remember anymore with my third. And I was in the grocery store and I handed them in our credit card and it was declined. (sighs) And I was in a complete shame storm. The grocery store was jammed. It was right before the weekend. And I asked him to try again. And he's like, really declined. And I had to scramble to the side and I called up Mayor, who's my husband, and asked him if he had a different card or whatever it was. Anyways, he had something else. I paid. I left the store and I was driving back home. It was like a five-minute drive and I just couldn't stop crying. And all I could tell myself the whole time was this cannot be my life. Like this just this can't be what I'm meant to do with my life. And that was the biggest catalyst for me to start searching for help and try to figure out what I really wanted to do. And that's, you know one of the channels that I met, um, our mutual mentor, Todd. And how did you kind of pivot to that? How did you take that leap? I mean, you had, you were almost going to have three kids yeah. and I mean, going to your husband saying, Hey, I want to start a company. Let me get rid of my salary. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a great idea. How right? did you, I guess, get yeah. like, what pushed you forward? I'm curious. Cause I, when I was pregnant with Mia, she was my second I was, I also was just like, I'm going to start a new company. Oh yeah. I'm going to just go off to conferences, do all this. Oh wait. Like, can we just depend on your salary? So here's what really happened. It didn't start as a business. It started as, let me go back to school and get a master's in early childhood and special education. I still didn't have my degree at that point. I had a bachelor's, but I didn't have a master's certification. I was like, let me go back. Let me get my master's and let me 
apply to get, because in New York, you could do a lot with like your master's and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, let me just get a master's. Cause then if I get a full-time job, I can be making like 60 or $75,000 a year. And to me at that time, that was like, unbelievable. And so this so, was going back to school with three kids with, yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> so it was going back to school. And so my husband went and took two more jobs. So he was working three jobs Wow. so that we can cover the rent. I was doing some part-time workshops and I was in school and I paid everything myself. I didn't get any help from anybody. I mean, it's a master program. There's no financial aid either. And that was a huge catalyst that plunged us into thousands of dollars in debt. And so when I finally finished and got out, I was like, okay, now I have this whopping 30K of debt. And my husband's like, I have to stop working three jobs. I think I'm going to die soon. And who was watching your kids during this time? So my kids, so my husband's schedule was very flexible because he was working all these different hours. Um, and then we also had, um, a, we had cleaning help. We always had cleaning help. No matter what our income was, we always had cleaning help. That is not a luxury for me. <laughs> Never has been. That is actually the number one thing that I am willing to spend money on is cleaning. So completely agree. Best money you could ever spend. Best ROI. <laughs> yeah, I have gone days without eating dinner because I needed to pay the cleaning lady. That is a big mom confession over there. I love it. Um, Yeah. I will forgo dinner any day to have cleaning help. So anyways, not for the kids, for me, I forgo dinner for me. Uh, No starving kids here. So anyways, back to that, we went into all this debt and I'm like, okay, I need to like, now I need to start making money. Like I have this master's, like, let me start figuring this out. And that's when I started, you know, doing those workshops, started like just calling people in my network. And then when I met Todd, it was like this complete restructuring of my business model. It was, you know, tripling my prices. It was restructuring how I was delivering value, positioning. And then within the first year of working in Basecamp, we crossed six figures. Wow. And how did you, I guess, structure it all, do it all? How many hours a week were you working at the time? Like this is the very beginning. And I know a lot of moms out there are wondering like, okay, we see these great success stories, but what does the beginning look like? I mean, yeah, it's a mess. How did you juggle it? How many hours a week did you work? Like, how did you fit it all in? So remember that I I did have three kids. And when I joined Basecamp in January of 2017, by the time the second quarter came in April, I was pregnant with my fourth. So just so you understand, (laughs) my time capacity was not 60 hours a week, my friend. I was working 25, 30 hours a week was my cap. And so I truly believe just in the discipline of the time that you are working, really being disciplined about that. That doesn't mean you can't go on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and and find inspiration, but the times that you're choosing to work, if you are so disciplined about getting what needs to get done, get on those sales calls, what like the real work, not the design, like work, Mm -hmm. you can truly completely expedite your process faster than you can imagine. So now how many hours a week you said in the beginning, it was like 25 to 30 was your cap. Is that still? Okay. Yeah. Because again, like my kids get off the bus at like they leave by eight 40, you know, the last kid gets on the bus. So I have from nine till about two, two 30 is my like real benchmark at the latest. Um, and then every once in a while I'll go till three if I have to, but that means I started later. How do you pick what you work on during that time? So great question. Um, my week is, a, the, all those decisions are made on Sunday. 
all of those decisions of what I'm going to work on in each time block. But I also have theme days, like Mondays is when I do content creation and meetings. Tuesdays is client delivery. I'm on calls the entire Tuesday. Wednesday is also um, meeting time with my team follow-up and also relationships with clients. So I do check-in calls and stuff like that. So every day has a specific theme of what I focus on and specific time blocks and just real habits and rituals. Like we all know the levers that we have to pull in order to get a result. So we know that if you're going to do 20 sales calls, your bank account is going to look different in 30 days from now, period. So it's really understanding what are those levers you have to pull in your, in your personal life, in your business, whatever it is that give you the biggest return. So if you only get five hours, what are you going to do in those five hours? Don't do design. In those five hours, you have to get on the phone. You have to send X amount of emails. You have to prepare X amount of proposals. Like it's, it's for me in the beginning, the activity was always about what activity is closest to the cash period. I also think there's so much shame around money with women of like, you know, oh, I shouldn't be loving money or I shouldn't be going after it or whatever it is and that kind of thing. And it's, it's no, like my why in the first 18 months of my business was payoff debt, period. That was the only thing I cared about. Um, obviously, I took care of my clients and I cared about them. But my big why that was hanging in my office was payoff debt. I mean, I think that's extremely important. I always say like, what's the root of it all? Like, what is your why? What is, I call it my like YPS. It's like a GPS, but it's like, what's your driving why? Like not your superficial why, not that or like, but like, I mean, that inspired me from my two-year-old who would ask like, why, why, why? Why? And finally figured out like, what is the deep down thing when things get tough, when you want to quit? what is pushing you forward? So I love that because I think everyone's changed. Right. And that's, it evolves. Yes. After I'm out of debt and I'm I'm able to be in a little bit more of a financially stable position. Yes. Your why is going to change. But in the beginning, that was the only thing that I thought about. And that was only two and a half years ago. Isn't when you that started. crazy? That's insane, it's like, honey. It's mind-boggling. It's wow. mind-boggling. So what does your, I guess, business look like now? Like, what does your team look like? What yeah. do you focus on? And then I want to know kind of a little bit about what is kind of your definition of balance now that you have a team, now that you're in a different place from the beginning, what does that look like? So the first thing is I've always had a team from when I started the business because I was only working 25 hours a week. And I always tell myself I am ridiculously stupid in a lot of areas and I'm very much okay with that. Um, I know what I'm awesome at. So when it came to like building out these landing pages and sales pages and what do I put this and what do I put that? I'm like, I don't even want to spend a single ounce of mental capacity or energy on that because I only have a certain amount of energy capacity in hours. And if I'm going to take an hour and try to figure out how to build a sales page, that's an hour that I could have spent snuggling with my nine-year-old or an hour that I could have gone out with my husband on a date or an hour that I could have spent, you know, just reading a book. Like as moms, we really have to understand that every single time block, whether it's 15 minutes or 20 minute time chunks, When you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to five other things. In my mind, it's always five other things. I have four (laughs) kids and mayor. So when I say yes to this, I'm saying no to five people right now. So am Mm. I saying no to them? Is this worth the yes? Right. How did you, so I'm going to actually ask a question on tangent on that is 
in the beginning, I know a lot of people want to like hire help and they want to do that, but they say, well, again, we're in debt. We don't have money. How am I supposed to hire someone? So how did you do that? Like what? I was already in debt. So going in, like paying someone $30 an hour or was like $20 an hour. And she worked like five hours a week. That's not what's making or breaking my business right now. Like that's not sending me under, but what it did was, is it accelerated my path really fast because one sale took care of that in an instant. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that it's such, and it's funny because I really struggled with my mindset in many other areas when I started my business, but that was one area that for some reason I just, I never let the excuse of, I don't have money, so I can't hire. I love that. That was one excuse I never bought. I have a lot of other excuses, but that was one I didn't buy. (laughs) What are some of your excuses that you uh, bought into? So in the beginning, I think one of the biggest ones was no one will want to do a group. No one wants to do membership. No one will come to, oh, I remember this one. My first live event was three years ago and I had 15 people in my living room and Todd and I were kind of workshopping like how I was going to sell it. And I was like, no one's going to fly to New York (laughs) to be in my house for a workshop. Like how can I charge for it? And then on top of that, people have to buy, like no one's going to come. And I had 15 people come. Five of them were from New York. 10 people flew in. And I remember being baffled. Like I couldn't believe that someone actually spent money on me (laughs) and wanted to come see me. Now, granted, I've grown so much. We had 120 people from like four four different continents come this past year. Incredible. Which was unbelievable. But that's the evolution of like, as a mom, like just constantly realizing when you decide you're going to do something, it's really going all in. And like, you know, like, I want to talk about this here because like, I see this all the time. Like people are like, how do you do everything? I'm like, I don't do everything. I have a cleaning lady. I have a helpful husband. I have childcare. I have like, I don't do everything. Like Mm -hmm. I don't care how the underwear and socks are folded as long as they're clean and they're folded and they're in the drawer. Like I don't even look at the laundry. Like I don't care how you wash the dishes. Just make sure they're clean. Like we have to understand, we have to let go of certain things to make room for amazing, amazing other opportunities in our life. And I'm not judging someone who likes the underwear, you know, folded a certain way. It's just about if that's the choice, you have to understand other things are going to fall. Exactly. It's all about priorities. Like if a priority for someone, I know like some people want their house to look perfect because for them, they can't function in an environment like that. For me, I couldn't care less because I'm more, uh, other things are important. So it's, what do you prioritize? So I love that. That's like the area of your life. You live messy so that you have space for other things. A hundred percent. It's messy. And also more than messy, it's, you know, Stephen Covey has this great example, Stephen, the author of the seven habits of like the big rocks and the little rocks. And Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the month, Mayor and I really sit down. It's like, okay, what are the big rocks that come in first? And first is always date nights. Those are like so non-negotiable. It's like, it's not even funny. Like everyone makes fun of us in our family. Like that's amazing. On the calendar, once a, once a week is date night, Mayor and I, every six weeks we do a half day together. So we'll go into the city for like three, four hours and we'll spend like a half a day together. And that's like twice every 90 days. And we are like really strict about that. Like just like you pay your taxes, just like you got to pay the bills, like that goes in the calendar because that is a lever 
that fuels everything that I want in my family. I wish I could do that. I need to do that. I was (laughs) going to say, I need to like implement things like that, but it's, it's also trying to figure out what are the most important levers. Like I feel like as, I mean, I don't know, like after you go down the line of, you have four kids, so I don't even know how you do this, but like trying to think about like, okay, what's important to me? I mean, just self-care in general, yet alone your relationships, but just trying to figure out, okay, what are those things that I need to fill my bucket up first before I can put everything else? Sometimes we get lost so much in that we have no idea what we need anymore. And so I love that you know exactly But here's the thing. I know exactly what I need with my relationship and my personal life, but we all fall short in other areas. Like, you know, I am the worst traveler when I speak. This is the third time I came back from traveling that I've become beyond sick, like vomiting, like just sick. So I am still experimenting and trying to figure out how to travel better so I could take care of myself. So I think forever's listening. It's like, yeah, I got my shit figured out when it comes to like understanding what I need in my relationship and with my kids or whatever it is. But I got another side of my life that's really messy. And like, I don't know how to travel in a way that doesn't make me sick yet. I'm going to figure it out, but it's messy. Right. And in terms of, I was going to say traveling was, ugh, I feel like every time I overextend myself and get stressed, I get sick. Yeah. I know you were really sick during your event too. Yes. And I felt, yes. I guess, but so I guess self-care might be one of the things that you're not like, you know, fully solid on. So no. I'm curious, do you have a morning routine or I like, do. okay, what is the first 20 minutes of your, like, I guess day? Sure. So I think self-care is, there's so many different levels. Like I do, I do feel like I take care of myself. I do make time for myself, but I feel like traveling and speaking requires such a different level of awareness to know what you really need to serve the audience at their peak, but also not deplete yourself to the point that your body becomes broken and like still, you know, it, it, it's a trial and error process. So for me, I just started waking up again at 5 a.m. I don't have any babies in the house anymore. So it's nice to be able to wake up at 5 a.m. after actually having slept solidly <laughs> without breaking up in you know 90-minute increments of like <laughs> sleeping yeah. like that. So for the moms that are in that phase, it's a season. It will pass. They do grow up. But because I feel like sometimes there's like, oh, I can't wake up at 5 a.m. I just woke up at 4 a.m. for the nursing for that for that feed. Yeah, girl, I've been there. I know that. You've been there four times. Oh I mean, God, that's like <laughs> when you just woke up at two to nurse. Don't do that. And you're like exhausted and the baby didn't even end up eating. They just like fell asleep on you. And you're like, are you kidding me? But yeah, we've all been there. But now that my baby's turning too soon, waking up at five is really nice. So I have the first 90 minutes of the day for me. Wow. So it's that time for me to really write in my journal, write those intentions, my gratitude, have a delicious cup of coffee and enjoy it to the last lick while it's still piping hot. Oh, so nice. Um, I I drink iced coffee now because it's pointless to have hot coffee. (laughs) I was like, I have iced coffee now. Yes, I like hot coffee, but like if you're running around with four kids, the coffee gets cold by the time you're ready to finish it. So it's really nice to enjoy it, nice and hot, sitting on my couch, writing that gratitude. And then the first, those 60 minutes, I do the most important work in the business. So even if I get interrupted a thousand times, like today, I had to go get my baby, pick him up early from school because he wasn't feeling well. That happens to moms. And I know everyone who's listening to this is nodding, yep, been there, done that. And so 
for me, I always know, okay, that those first 60 minutes, I did the most important work that drives my business forward. So even if I get nothing else done today, I got that done. And so my business is going to continue to grow and thrive, even if I didn't do that important, you know, other work today. Right. So about how long have you been doing this morning routine? Has it just been like a recent thing because you're stopped nursing or is it like, so I, I had it before in between baby three and four, I did it. So I did that for a while. And then I stopped, you know, for like two years because of everything that was going on. So yes, it's definitely been recent, but Oh, it's so nice to be doing that again. But for those of you that are listening that can't do that, when I was nursing and pregnant, all of that, I did those in 20 minute time chunks. So there, there, there was no such a thing as no time for me. There was, there always had to be like an hour a day that was focused on me, but it could be broken down into four blocks of 20 or whatever it is. Like understand that it's not that you have to take an hour for yourself. Like some moms have been like an hour, like a whole hour, like, but no one said 60 minutes straight. You could do four blocks of 20 or six blocks of 10 or like, that's not good enough. Yeah. Six blocks of 10. Yeah. I actually got it right. Okay. So my point is, <laughs> weren't you a teacher? Just yeah, I'm not a math teacher. Um, so yeah, like just, you need time for yourself. Right. How do I think we talked about this in the past, but we were yeah. talking about kind of like mom shame and like this feeling. So you, I know you travel cause you speak at events, you know, you take time for yourself. A lot of moms have this like guilt or this like shame around doing that for themselves. Um, yeah. I guess what's your kind of opinion on that or how do you, how do you look at it? Uh, so shame manifests itself in so many different ways. And I think there are certain parts that I've overcome and certain parts that I'm still struggling with. I think the parts that I've overcome is you are allowed to have big goals and dreams for yourself that are beyond raising little humans and being, you know, in an amazing relationship with your spouse. And not that those are not big dreams. Like those are huge dreams of mine to have an exceptional marriage and be an incredible mom for my kids. Like those are huge dreams of mine and goals of like every day. But you're also allowed to have big dreams for yourself, for what you, who you are. Because what happens is momhood passes by in a flash and then our kids get older and it's like, we've lost ourselves. We don't know who we are. We don't know our talents. We don't know our gifts. We don't know our contributions because we've spent the last 18 years only contributing to other people and not pouring into ourselves. So I think that's one part where just being okay with having bigger dreams for yourself. I think the part for me that causes me shame and and that's hard for me is when you make different choices than the rest of the people in your family, when your sister isn't making that choice or your mother-in-law, you know, made the choice to stay home for, you know, 35 years and didn't go out to work or whatever it is and going to family events or even not going to family events, just knowing that you are consciously making different choices Mm -hmm. than people in your tribe is really hard. It's really, really hard. And I think it's a constant process to work through that. I'm still working through it because I've made very different choices than people in my family and extended family and anyone in my tribe. But that's why we also have to seek tribes elsewhere. Like I have base camp that I can find that support. Um, you know, I've got other business besties and friends that I love. And so, you know, for moms that are listening that are, have people in their family and in their life that aren't 
supportive of the choices that they're making, it's okay. But also just make sure you do have someone that does support the choices that you are making. So that voice becomes more dominant in your life. That couldn't be any more true. I always say like community and like finding when you, you kept saying tribe. Um, yeah. And for me, it, it's it been an interesting journey because I feel like every time I found like a mommy tribe, a lot of times they didn't work or like, you know, I couldn't do the activities they were doing because it happened to be during hours that I need to be working during childcare. Yeah or the judgment of walking into the mommy and me class with like my uh, cell phone answering an email. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, Oh, she doesn't pay attention to her kid. And it's like, it's so hard to get yeah. through that. But like, I keep having to remind myself the same thing. Like, it's okay. This is the decision I made. I like, if I'm not comfortable with that decision, then like, that's why am I doing thing. it? Like, exactly. that's a bigger problem. Like yes. I should not care about yes. what other people are thinking because they yes. made that own decision for themselves. I made this decision. Yes. So yeah, being okay with that. I love it. So I guess like, I want to know just a couple like last questions yes, is, um, you know, a lot of moms, we look for different hacks or different things. Are there any like apps, programs, things that you do use daily to like kind of help balance your life business, like whether it be an app, whether it be yeah. like a mantra you do every day, like what are kind of the top things that you implement daily to help make your life and business run smoothly? So the first thing is when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do when I open my eyes before I even wash up or say good morning to my husband, the first thing I do is I have a prayer of gratitude. It's like a small prayer of just thank you. I'm up. I'm here. It's a new day. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to live another day. So that is a practice that I've had um, since I was like probably three years old. It's ingrained wow. in us. Um, I do that with my kids also. Um, every morning when they wake up, we have that prayer of gratitude because life is so short, you know, and just having that moment of like, I'm here today and I get to choose how I want to show up today. So that's a practice that I've had forever. Another practice that we use to help integrate my husband's crazy schedule, my crazy schedule is we actually use Asana in our personal life. Um, we have our own board um, for my husband and I, and we kind of ping and tag each other on different like assignments or projects like, you know, the railing fell off and my husband needs to call the guy to come fix it. And so that's in Asana. Um, and we just kind of have a running conversation there. He's like, I called the guy, he said, he's going to come back. Can you be there at two o'clock? Like just the dialogue happens oh. in there so that's that smart. <laughs> we both know kind of what's happening. And so it's not like, Oh, did you remember to call him or like, it's all in there gets rid of the nagging. I feel, I feel like that's the problem is the nagging. Like, did you remember yes. to get this? Did you do this? And it's like a constant yes. nag. So it's like, Oh, it's right here in the program. We can both read it and look at it. I like that. Exactly. So that's a big thing. Cause I'm a huge control freak and I, and I remember to do everything because I write everything down. My husband has a different way that he likes to do things. And so this was a kind of understanding of like, okay, we, we, we need to get shit done. And so we need to figure out a way where I'm not annoying the hell out of you, but stuff are still happening <laughs> because we need to like each other. So let's figure out a system here. So um, it was kind of like, we need to agree on something because I'm not okay with annoying you. And I know you don't like being nagged. So let's figure this out. So Asana was the path that we went with and we've been using it for about two years now. And it's amazing. So I say, I would say that's like our best kind of hack that we use. 
Nice. <laughs> All right. And last, I'm always curious, what do you think is your mom's superpower that makes you a better mom in business? Huh, what is my mom's superpower? Yeah. So a lot of mom, like a lot of people, when they become moms, like suddenly gain these like weird superpowers that you end up applying to, especially I, I feel like moms and entrepreneurship go like hand in hand oh, and totally. like so much can be learned from being yeah. a mom. And I actually think mom entrepreneurs kind of uh, kick normal entrepreneurs, butts, but yeah, that's just my I own agree. opinion. Oh, so I like what so. sort of superpower do you think you gained when you became a mom that makes you better in your business? Yeah. So definitely, I mean, I've done this forever because that's like the teacher side of me also, but like routines and schedules I am obsessed with. I mean, we have a command center in our house where like just all the routines are morning routine, bedtime routine, the schedule, that schedule. Um, we have a snack station where the kids could take their snacks. We have like, like every part of the house has a station or a command center with like very specific things that the kids do. We're in a New York City apartment. We have six humans sharing a space. We have to be mindful and conscious of sharing a space, but at the same time, everyone feeling like they have their own personal space. And so because I'm obsessed with these routines and schedules in my family to make sure that, you know, we're not six people trying to use the toilet at the same time, I think that that has helped tremendously in the way that I deliver content to my clients in, in an organized way, in a way that's easy to digest, you know, simplicity and like, this is the routine, this is the structure, this is how to set it up. So yeah, I would definitely say that that's one of my superpowers. And speaking of that, I really want photos of your command center because oh, this totally. sounds like yeah. such a great idea. Cool I feel like yeah. for me, things are like overflowing in different areas and people are on top of each other. And there's only like four of us in the house right now, soon to be five. <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to have to take some advice from you on how yes. to set up command centers. That's, that's really cool. New York city, 1600 square feet. I mean, we gotta, we gotta maximize every inch over here. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So Thank you so much. I was going to say, tell us where we can find you, what you're up to, like share what you, you know, this is your platform now to tell us where can we find you and, you know, more about your business. Yeah. So my, I mean, my website is ecschooledexcellence.com, but I, on Instagram and Facebook, um, as Connie Wolshansky, um, and you know, over there, I don't just talk about like school leadership and stuff. I really share a lot about just what it takes to really sustain excellence in your life in general, not just as a leader, you know, cause you're a leader in your own home, but what like the journey of sustaining excellence. I mean, building something is, is very easy, not very easy. It's easier than sustaining the excellence and the standard that you want to create. So uh, for me, I'm on a mission to really just show moms and just other leaders in, in other industries that sustaining excellence is that goal that we're really ever evolving and, and moving towards. So you can follow me on any of those platforms. Okay. And anything about leadership. I mean, honey, you rock yeah. it all of that <laughs> leadership, you. excellence, um, and even incorporating family life into that. I remember reading yeah. a post recently on boundaries and yes. you were explaining boundaries to your child. Yes. Um, and I thought that was so insightful. So follow honey. If you want any, I mean, if you want to be excellent, because she <laughs> thank is. You. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. It was so great connecting with you and I appreciate you just really having this platform to show other moms what is possible. So thanks for the work that you're doing. Well, thank you for being an inspiration. I will talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Power Mom Minute podcast. 
Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for the episode and other goodies over at powermomminute.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I'd be so grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Each week, I'll be reading some of those reviews on air. So stay tuned and you might just hear yours. Thank you so much again, beautiful mamas, and I'll see you here next time.